Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you on this Dr. Martin Luther King Day. So glad you're with us for a football Monday. We'll open full lines for you 312-332 ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. And Cap, we were able to see how the other half lives as we were covering and watching Bears football for 17 plus weeks. And then you get to the playoffs, and then you see how football really is done at a high level. Wins and losses across the board. But the point is, though, is that we saw high-caliber quarterback play, high-octane offenses, restaurant-quality defenses. That's how the other half lives, Cap. That's big boy football that we saw over the weekend. But let's stick with Justin, who's the fourth-best quarterback in our division. Because we love Justin because he's a great kid. And we think he's got a chance to be good. We think, albeit three years in, for whatever reason, Matt Nagy, Luke Getze, bad team last year, it hasn't worked. And he'll never be at the level of C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love that I watched this weekend. Mm -hmm. Damn! You know what Miami's thinking right now? What's that? Two is not good enough. Not good enough. And everyone's like, we can't draft Caleb Williams. Why not? Why can't you swing for the freaking fences so my favorite football team has a star at quarterback? Star! Oh, my God. We may get the breaking news alert this morning because today's the deadline you've got to declare for the draft. Reportedly, he's already picked his agent, and he's going with like a non-traditional Agent, it's not like Don Yee or Tom Conant or Mark Bartlesty. No. Supposedly he's putting a management team or has in place, and he'll make his announcement later today. I don't care what you offer me. I want that. I watch C.J. Stroud throw dimes. And everyone on social media, all the Justin fans are, these guys were running open. Stop. Stop yourself. (laughs) They're running open. First of all, they brought in a first-time Head coach who coaches defense. If we had done that here, we already did with Eberflus. I'm talking did it again. People, why are we not getting an offensive coach? How'd that look in Houston? What do you mean you're hiring a play caller who's never called a play? Bobby Slowick. Oh, wish we had that guy. Stop trying to fit everybody into this description. We got to have a guy who's called plays, who's an offensive wizard. Stop. Just get the right freaking people. Whatever they coach, I don't care. But I want Jordan Love. I want a guy that looks like that. Dimes. That guy was spectacular yesterday. Spectacular. 
Well, one of the more dynamic performances we saw was from C.J. Stroud, who you talked about. 16 for 21, good for 274 yards and three touchdowns. Had a quarterback rate of 98.4 as the Texans defeated the Browns by a score of 45 to 14. Let me just point something out, though, to you. Say, for instance, we go back and the Bears do not uh, pick a quarterback uh, at one. Say they actually they actually do take a quarterback at one, and we don't have D.J. Moore, and we don't have uh, you know better. Uh, look on the offensive line you know cap by almost every measure people looked at bryce young as without question the consensus best quarterback out of that draft Mm -hmm. if the bears were at one the bears would have taken bryce young they would have from every measure no i'm just telling you that by every measure they said bryce young even the mike tannenbaum's the world said i think that bryce young is going to be the best quarterback and that's why this is all a crapshoot when it comes to the quarterback yeah, I don't think they would have taken Bryce Young, but I don't think they'd have taken Stroud. They they were convinced we got to give Justin a year here with more weapons. DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, yeah. whatever. It's, it's, the, it's the Bears, though. They would have taken Bryce Young. I mean, that's the <laughs> I mean, that's the convenient way to no, not have con- a laugh. No, no. I mean, I got I got proof. I got proof. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Right. I got a left eye and a right eye that could tell you what, that they would have taken Bryce Young. And by the way, most teams would have. People laughed at Lovey Smith saying, hey, man, you got to tank this game. You got to tank these games to get the number one pick. They got two. I can't believe Lovey didn't do the right thing. And the Houston Texans got two. They fell into C.J. Stroud. And they fell into an opportunity, even though that uh, Lovey's not there anymore. They're in the hunt. They were able to get the job done with a playoff win against Cleveland. They got the number two pick, and they got the quarterback they like. Carolina's coach and GM, both fired now. Scott Fitterer, the GM, and Frank Reich, the coach, both told the owner, we want C.J. Stroud. He's better than Bryce Young. Yeah. He's bigger. We want him. Nope. I talked to Nick Saban, he said. We're taking Bryce Young. Yeah. That's why owners need to keep their beak out of football operations. Love him or hate him. At least the owners in our town, many of whom I do not see putting their checkbook forward all the time to win, at least they're not telling our guys who to draft. The last time that happened was the late Michael McCaskey wanting Stan Thomas. That's correct. You know, at least our guys here now. They get out of the way. They just don't try to win hard enough. That's my problem with them. Yeah, you That's probably, different. You probably should say that louder for the people in the back. You probably should do that because there's still this conspiracy theory that you know, George McCaskey is running all of this. Yes, he's the owner, and again, he's front-facing the organization. But this is Ryan Pohl's show. This is 100%. Kevin, this is Kevin Warren's show. Correct. This is their show. But again, people are going to believe what they want to believe, which is fine. Ultimately, I think that we all want to come to the same common ground is that we want to see the Bears where these playoff teams were last year uh, and this year. And that is Jordan Love and Jared Goff. Those are two teams. The the, um, Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions are in the playoffs and the Bears are not. Apparently. Correct. Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the NFC. Fight me on it. Best quarterback in the NFC. Going forward. Give me who's better. Give me who's a better quarterback in the NFC. Jordan Love is who I would take. Yeah, he is he's without question on a roll for Green Bay. In his first year as a starter, after learning for three years behind Aaron, he's beloved in the room. Guys go, what a great dude that guy is. 
He's leaving practice the other day. It's freezing freaking cold in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And some lady's car's broken down, and he pulls over to help her. She's like, are you Jordan Love? Yeah. Helps her get going, and they take a selfie together. He's got a big smile on his face. Like, he checks all the boxes, man. Yep. I mean, I, this, it is the scary thing for a Bears fan, Cap, is that seamless transition from Favre to Rodgers to now Love. Correct. That's the last thing that a Bears fan wants to see because as the Bears still spin their wheels on what they want to do at the quarterback position, here's Jordan Love uh, getting better and better each game that we see him. Correct. That is correct. And Brian Gutekunst has got to be walking around his house in Green Bay this morning with a cup of coffee and going, take that! Because when he drafted him, he moved up to get him. Mm -hmm. Got destroyed by Aaron Rodgers, by the fans, by the media. What are you doing? Guess what? I'm just going to let that kid develop. He's got all the qualities I'm looking for in a quarterback. Period. I know that there are some fans that want to cut the legs off of quarterbacks like Jordan Love or Brock Purdy and others and say, well, that's the system. Can I just tell you something? Every quarterback has a system to run. Every quarterback has a system to run. There is no, well, that's a system quarterback. Well, I mean, you still have to execute said system. Do you not? You do. You always hear this. It's like, well, because the quarterback doesn't seem dynamic to you or he doesn't seem like a Hall of Famer to you, that is a system quarterback. They all have systems to run. And the system that's put out there by Matt LaFleur, the offense for the Packers are just humming right now. Think about this, Cap. You go into the belly of the beast. You go to Dallas. Dallas has been at a, at a great regular season. And Green Bay has been very good, especially as of late. And then they go in, the Packers, unafraid, taking on the Dallas Cowboys and taking it to them early oh. and took them out of the ball game yep. because the offense was humming. System quarterback or not, however you want to be able to phrase it, every quarterback has a system. It's what he does with that system. And I think that you take a look at this quarterback here, Jordan Love, I mean, it's, he's head and shoulders above many in the NFC for sure. Watching the way Jordan Love played made me puke because I'm a Bears fan. Yep. But anyone out there that thinks Justin Fields is better than that guy, tell me you don't watch football. That kid has had an outstanding year, and it's not close. Not close. Oh, he is just a beast. An absolute beast. Time to throw, but he gets the ball out. He slides in the pocket. That kid is Really, really good. And they said the other day on the Chiefs, I think it was the Chiefs game. You were doing college basketball, Sarah. Was that a day game or a night game? Which game? Did? Your your UIC game. It was a day game, so a one o'clocker. Okay, so you were back already for Dolphins at Chiefs. Mm-hmm. In that game, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they said two is holding the ball longer than he has all year long mm-hmm. in that game. Now, the cold had something to do with it. Sure. The Chiefs' defense bearing down on him had something to do with that. They said his worst performance of the year in time to throw, 2.76 seconds. Mm-hmm. And whoever was doing Jason Garrett, I think, was doing the color. And he said, that's too long to hold the ball. He's been getting it out like 2.24. Sure. That's fast. Our guy holds the ball 3.34 seconds, I think, was the number. Worst in the league. Yes. Damn. 
That's why he's got to pull it down and run more times than not because there's no one open or doesn't recognize who's down the field. I mean, we've been around and round with this. But, Cap, when you see what happened on Saturday and Sunday, that is a, a real clear line of demarcation of the, the sophomore game versus the varsity. Yes. What we saw out there was the varsity. Even with teams losing, that was the varsity. We saw Jordan Love. We saw Jared Goff. We saw C.J. Stroud. We saw Patrick Mahomes. It's too cold for Mahomes to throw the football down the field. There's no way. Wait a minute now. They ran the same offense they always do, even though it was cold. It just shows you that that's the upper echelon of the league when you see how the ball is in flight and how offenses are able to move. And this is what I've been talking about a lot to you, the Bears fan. And that is, if you just watch Bears football, then you think that that's what the NFL is supposed to look like. But if you just watch the playoffs or watch other teams that do it well, that's what the offense is supposed to look like. That's how a football team is supposed to operate. The electricity on that field, even in the cold in Miami and Kansas City, in a dome with uh, with the... Dallas game uh, and the uh, Rams and Lions game. I mean, what you saw is dynamic offenses, Cap. And so you just don't see that with the Bears. And so the question is, how many years can you waste and, and how many years can you want for an offense to be able to get to where it needs to be? How long do you have to wait for Justin Fields for, and his offense to develop? It's been three so far. How many more years? Another year? Correct. Another four or five years? It does, the NFL doesn't wait for you anymore to be able to catch up with the Joneses. Either you have it or you don't. That's where you are in the NFL today. So if you're out there and you're watching this weekend, even if you're the biggest Justin Fields defender out there, did you watch C.J. Stroud? Did you watch Jordan Love and go, I want one of those? Okay. We're not good enough. Because in our division, Jordan loves the best quarterback. Kirk Cousins, if he's back in Minnesota, is right there on the list. He's got, what, five 4,000-yard seasons? Mm-hmm. We've never had one as a team, let alone Justin. Jared Goff, um, he's still alive, and he's already taken a team to the Super Bowl. And he's a 4,000-yard passer multiple times. So we're fourth on that list. Head coach, I'll take Dan Campbell. I'll take Matt LaFleur. I'll take Kevin O'Connell over our guy. So we're fourth there. We don't even have an OC because we wiped out the offensive staff. So we're fourth there. Mm -hmm. Not good. Yeah. That's what a rebuild looks like, Cap. That's what it looks like. And for others, you can get it done quickly. But for the Bears, it's at a methodical pace. Remember what it was two years ago. Look about this past year with seven wins. Now, again, you hope that the arrow's pointing up for more. But who's the quarterback? How can, can you tell me for sure, Cap, that the, the Bears will be in this position next year, Super Wild Card Weekend? Can you tell me that for sure? I'm going to tell you that they can't get there unless they have the quarterback and the offense in place. Can't get there. Can't. As, as much as, as I like the defense and how the defense got better, I just know that I watch something other than Bears football. I watch it, and I, we cover it every day. But you have to be able to look over the fence and say, Oh, look what Green Bay's doing. Look what Detroit's doing. And it's not like I'm jealous of those teams. I enjoy all of the football. What I'm saying is, is that for the team that I love, I love for the Bears to be, able to be at, that, at that particular spot where you could say that offense is good, the defense is good. Now let's try your luck. Let's see what happens in the playoffs. Just get in the mix. And so I'm not sure if they can get there next year unless you know what the, who the quarterback is, Shay. Can I, can I just say, too, like as good as Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud were, 
The quarterbacks that really stood out to me in terms of, okay, you just have to move on. Cap, you mentioned Tua. Mm -hmm. You think about Tua has arguably the best offensive weapons in football with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert and Devon HN. He's got arguably one of the three best play callers in football with Mike McDaniel, and he was awful. I mean, he was terrible. Part of that is it's negative 30 wind chill. Part of that is the pressure from the Kansas City defense is getting home. Part of that is he just is not good enough. Dak Prescott, same deal. He was horrid in that first half. Two interceptions, horrible decision-making. You've got CeeDee Lamb. You've got a great offensive line. Like, all this stuff built for you, and the quarterback's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side, I got to watch C.J. Stroud with no tank Dell, uh, Nico Collins, who was combined 70 catches and 800 yards in his first two seasons. He doesn't have, like, stars. It's Noah Brown and Nico Collins and the castoffs and third-year guys. I got to watch him go ball out. Jordan Love with the youngest team in football. Like, if you want to say Christian Watson's a top-ten receiver, I don't agree. And then it's Dontarion Wicks and Jaden Reed and all these first-year guys. Yeah, sometimes it really is just the quarterback. And you get an elite one, you're going to win playoff games. If you don't have an elite one, like Kansas City's offense wasn't great, but they had the only elite quarterback on the field. They won the game. Yeah, a lot of this is just bottom line. There isn't a lot of to, to think about, Cap. It comes down to the system and how you execute that system. I mean, yes, it's, it's about players because you give players the benefit of the doubt. But what Shea just laid out for you is not necessarily all pros, but guys that can be able to fit into the system. And with the Chicago Bears, as much as I like DJ Moore and you like DJ Moore, it takes more. Like, I like Cole Komet as well. But again, we always look at excuses versus reasons. Oh, this offensive line isn't good enough. And oh, you know, the Bears just don't have this. They don't have that. You know what they really don't have? They don't have the quarterback to be able to lead them or the offensive strategy to get them there. I, again, people want to be able to pick and choose what the reasons for the Bears' underachievement. The Bears can't get out of their own way because they have not been able to find a, an offensive coordinator and a quarterback that can match one another, that can work together to be able to get this thing right. This has always been running back you and defense you. What are we? What are we? A middle of the road Big Ten team? Should be better than that. You're right. Jay Moore. Living in 85, man. I'm going to keep saying it. Mm-hmm. That they era. Ha- they have to fix it. Yeah. They, I mean, it's, it's that era. It ha- it's more than just running the football and defense. I'm more convinced than ever they're taking a quarterback. More convinced than ever they're drafting a quarterback. And again, it does not mean Justin is a bad football player. He's not. He's not good enough. They're going to take a swing for a grand slam. Because look at it this way if you're in Pole's seat this morning. Mm-hmm. You're sitting up in Lake Forest, a cup of coffee, going, all right, I got to do all my homework. I got to meet with this Caleb Williams who's going to announce ah. today he's going to the pros. Mm-hmm. Okay? Got any cream? Throw a little cream in my coffee. Piece of that coffee cake. Right there. Yep. Mm, Intimate. All right. Nope. Once upon a deli, they got a chocolate chip coffee cake that's amazing. Uh All right. Let me have a coffee cake. Let me have my coffee. All right. Put the tape on. Our guy's not good enough. I'm swinging for the fences because 
If he swings for the fences and Caleb Williams is a bust, I don't think he will be, but if he's a bust, can't play at all. He's Mar- uh, Jamarcus Russell, mm-hmm. just skinnier. Then he's getting fired. He took a swing like Pace, failed. Yeah. But if he keeps Justin and he's not good enough, he's getting fired too. Sure. Because he had the number one pick two years in a row and he didn't get the most important position in American sports fixed. So either way, so why not take the most talented guy? And that would be Caleb Williams. Correct. Caleb Williams more talented than Justin Fields right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. He's not as tall. He's not as physical in terms of 228 pounds. He's more 6'1 versus 6'3. What is he? 200 pounds mm-hmm. versus 228. Let's analyze why that change has to take place. We know the numbers, and we've seen the underachievement just for the Bears alone. It's not just on offense, but we're talking about how you can't get in the end zone. We we have documented many times about the Bears scoring one touchdown in the last three road games of the regular season. What I'm saying, Cap, is, is that in this offensive league, it has to be better than 34, 35, 36 amongst the quarterbacks in the NFL. We read that Dan Weederer piece what, about two weeks ago mm-hmm. from the Chicago Tribune about mm-hmm. how he talked to GMs off the record about how they looked at Justin Fields in this offense. And I'm just telling you, no matter if you own a number one jersey, no matter how much you love Justin Fields, you have to be able to look at facts. And the facts are is that there are many, many quarterbacks like years past this, this team and this offense. And so what I'm saying is, is that as much as I would love for Justin Fields to come back here next year and for an offensive coordinator to be able to right the ship and turn things around, I don't know if that's going to be the case. And I'll also tell you this, Cap, with Caleb Williams, say, for instance, that is a choice for the Bears. They draft a quarterback. That's not guaranteed either. As much as we would love for the Bears, as soon as they get a new quarterback in, things immediately change. That's not guaranteed either because there needs to be a learning curve for Caleb Williams as well. We we have seen this many, many times of top quarterbacks in the draft where it's like, yep, that's a can't miss, and yet that can't miss needs to be able to go through a learning curve. The the speed of the game, learning the, the terminology, all that. Ultimately, it's up to the quarterback and his physical gifts to be able to have the wherewithal to get the ball down the field and to help the offense. However, nothing's guaranteed with that either. All we're looking for is something better. And when you already are behind the eight ball, when you're last in your division – where you have Jordan Love, who sat on the pine to be able to do as well as he's doing with the Green Bay Packers and seeing what's happened with Jared Goff of Detroit. I mean, you if you're the Bears, no matter if Kevin Warren feels like he tries to figure out how to be able to win every day, you be able to, you got to get this thing right. You got And it starts with the offense. you got to get it right. Otherwise, you'll still languish in last place. You are correct. You are correct. And if you go through... I subscribe to Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Pro Football Focus. Time in pocket. Who holds on to the ball the most and how it impacts performance. Justin Fields is 77th of guys who took one snap this year. Yeah. 77th. Is there anybody good that holds it too long? Yeah, there are. But Justin Fields is uh, north of three seconds. And on all throws, these are just attempts, all dropbacks, he's 3.4 seconds, dude. Yeah. yeah. You got in the list of the best of the best that do it, of the really good guys, 
It two is holding at two point three four. Um, Trevor Lawrence is holding at two point five four. Joe Burrow is holding at two point four seven. Like guys are holding the ball a lot less time. I'll scream it again. Tom Brady says. 2.5 seconds, ball should be out. No longer than 2.75. He gives you that little wiggle room. He said, beyond that, it's on the quarterback. Our guy's north of three. Now, there's someone listening in their car saying, well, Cap, I mean, sure, they, you know, these quarterbacks can get the ball out quickly because of their weapons. What do the Bears have? They'll say, look at what Justin Fields has to deal with with that offensive line or Luke Getze or the lack of weapons. You know, those are the calls that we get. And they say, well, what about the Bears? Look what they don't have versus what those teams that you mentioned do. Who would you rather have, Dontavian Wicks or DJ Moore? Oh, DJ Moore. Musgrave or Cole Komet? Yeah. Bo Melton. I mean, come on now. Let's stop making – I don't mean you. I'm just saying. Let's stop making excuses because – not everyone's going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. and DJ Moore and Cole Komet and Brock Bowers and Malik Neighbors and nine all pros on the offense. That's not how it looks. Joe Burrow took him to the Super Bowl. He was getting sacked all the time. Yeah. Oh, I get it. It's my point. Yeah. You remember I... that? The Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase discourse? Right. Because Joe Burrow, he won't be able to get the ball to Jamar Chase if Penny Sewell's not there blocking. It actually worked out pretty well. Yeah, it worked out for both teams. The Lions went offensive line, and the Bengals went wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And both teams have had good runs this year for the Bengals. You know, injury knocked their quarterback out. That's too bad. But, yeah. Well, Shane, let's open the phone lines this morning. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. So if you watch the football games like Cap and I and our staff did uh, on Saturday and Sunday, we have a question for you, and the question is this. Did Super Wild Card Weekend prove that the Bears need to move on from Justin Fields? Uh, and also, still to come, some thoughts about the Bears in the draft last year. We'll get to that. Some thoughts from our teammate Chris Canty from Unsportsmanlike that comes on from 5 to 7 before we come on here on ESPN 1000. My, my bottom line point to all of this as we go to the phone lines, Cap, is that, again, you asked the question, how many years can you wait for an offense, let alone a quarterback, to develop? That's what you have to ask that, that question because there was a time where a quarterback would just be on a roster six years, seven years, and you're just waiting for a quarterback in the offense to develop, and it didn't happen. It moves quicker now in the NFL. It just moves quicker. And what I'm saying is is that I want better for the Bears. However they do it, there's still that opportunity, the outside opportunity for Fields to come back next year and to be able to be the quarterback for this football team. If that's the case, they better win. They could be able to draft Caleb Williams at one and make him the starter. Well, they better win. Because no matter what, that's what it's about, Cap. Agreed. There's none of this, well, we got to wait. Because here's the thing. The Bears picked the lane by tanking. And they wanted to start over. Okay, as you start over and you build towards something, three to seven wins is great. But it's not playoff worthy. Agreed. And, to, and so what I want to see is us to come like this time next year when the Bears are in the playoffs and we're breaking down a playoff victory for the Chicago Bears, or at least them getting into the dance, that means that there's growth with the football team. Is there really growth cap when you uh, get from three to seven wins, you have to fire your offensive coordinator in year two? Not enough. Is that, I mean, is it really growth? Not but, really. I mean, like, like the, the win total is growth, but is it really growth when you haven't fixed your offense and already you had a, you're looking for a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive staff? Think about that for a second. Is that really growth? Nope. 
when you fired as many coaches as you've already had through two years on the Iberflus administration, is that real growth? Nope. <laughs> if it's not backwards, it's definitely sideways, if nothing else, correct? Correct. At least it's, at least it's sideways. That is correct. There's always change. Change is inevitable. But as many coaches that the Bears have fired already, and it was a great they're, they're question. They're trying to replace seven coaches now. Hell of a question that was asked in the press conference of Iberflus. So how do, you, how do you account for all these coaches that you've let go? Yeah. And he said, I understand the question. I get it. I understand it. <laughs> he doesn't give many answers. Polls does. Um, you know. NFL.com. Pretty reputable, right? Absolutely. Okay. They ranked at the end of the 2023 regular season every team's starting quarterback. Where did Justin Fields rank? I don't know. What is it? Take a guess. They ranked the 32. Where is he? Uh, 30? He's 19th. Mm. That's not good enough. 19th. Mm. Not good enough. Every guy in our division, way ahead of us. Cousins was out with injury. I get that. But I'm talking Jordan Love and uh, Jason Goff. Man. Just uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is they have, as they should, number one, Lamar. Number two, Dak. And he had a terrible playoff. Three, Josh Allen. Remember the caller that didn't want Josh Allen over Justin? Wow. Nonsense. Uh, Four, Matt Stafford. Five, Tua. He lost. Six, Jared Goff. Seven, Brock Purdy. Eight, C.J. Strutt. Rookie. Nine, Patrick Mahomes. Didn't have a great year. Ten, Kirk Cousins. Stop right there. Yes. That's your top ten in that category. Correct. Now, where does Justin Fields fit into that? Not even, not even close. Not even close. See? Kirk Cousins, till he blew out his Achilles, eight games, completing 70% of his passes, 69.5. He had, at that point, 2,331 passing yards. 18-5, to five, TD to interception. And he was on pace in 17 games to throw for 47 or 4,800 yards. We can't get 4,000 from anyone in our franchise. Jordan Love is ranked 11th. Joe Flacco is ranked 12th. Okay. Jalen Hurts, 13, did not have a great year. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, 14, threw for 4,000 yards. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, 15. Joe Burrow, injured, 16. Justin Herbert, 17. Geno Smith, 18. Justin Fields, 19. Is there one guy ahead of him that you'd take Justin over? What is your takeaway from the weekend of playoffs for the Chicago Bears? Do you move on from Fields? Again, what I look at with the playoffs is I look at the Bears and I look at the playoff teams and I say, how far away are the Bears from those teams? It's light years offensively. I think that's pretty clear. Let's get your thoughts on it. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. Your phone call's next on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Checkmate one six. suppression on target. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or no shot with Captain J Hood on ESPN one thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN one thousand. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you here on this Dr. King Day. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it is brought to you by... Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring horse racing, video, slots, sports betting through points bet throughout Chicago land. Good morning, CW Norland. Good 
Good morning, boys, on a Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Uh huh. After a very ex- exciting, <laughs> super wild card weekend. Thank you, Woody. Bet. How about Chris Berman? We got that? No, no, we do not. No, no. Not until you get into the, the quarterback breakdown. If you get to the quarterback breakdown, Berman will come out. Shot or no shot coming up. Last segment, Kaplan got into a fiery debate with a caller who uh-huh. claimed Caleb Williams can't do it against top 25 teams. Brother. I remember, Hoodie, you may have even been watching. One of the USC games on Fox or Big Tw- or Pac-12 Network, they put up a stat about how bad Caleb Williams has been against top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, like a lot of people said, just counting out those games, that didn't look exactly right. So I went and looked at Oklahoma's schedule in 2021, USC's in 2022, and USC's in 2023. I marked all of the ranked games. And then I went and pulled Caleb's stats because I'm a loser. And I did this myself. Caleb Williams against ranked opponents in his career in college. 298 for 449. Good for 66% completions. Wait, 298 for 449. Correct. 66%. 13 games. 3,814 yards. 29 touchdowns. 8 picks. That's Caleb Williams against top 25 teams. Pretty freaking good. I'll take it. Right now. Sign me up. Would literally be, and it doesn't work because it's college, that would be the best quarterback in Bears history. (laughs) (laughs) But you got people out there going, I don't want Caleb Williams. He's not good. Let me just make a prediction. Mm -hmm. All these goofballs out there that don't want Caleb Williams and believe some of these fictitious garbage that they find, Shay just did all the research himself. Yeah. They're going to be the same ones lined up at my friend Dino's in uh, the Glen with all the jerseys. Excuse me. Do you have the Caleb Williams throwback from USC or Oklahoma? Do you have the Bears, Caleb? Nope, those are sold out. Can I get my name on the waiting list? Can I trade in my number one jersey from Justin? Stop. Yes. Kid's a freaking stud. And we just had a caller that just said that Bo Nix is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. You heard that in real time, I right? Did. I did. Okay. Okay. All, all I know is that, that as a college football fan, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback that I saw. And I also saw a USC team that struggled defensively. It's hard to be able to climb out of a hole when you're always behind. As soon as you do something well offensively, here comes the Trojans like, uh, like Swiss cheese defensively. Time and time again. That was the best bet for me every Saturday, Shay. I just bet the over on a USC game, it would cash yep. whether or not Tim Brando was broadcasting or not. That is correct. Oh, <laughs> poor Tim Brando. And again, if the background <laughs> checks don't check out, that's for polls to figure out. We yes. don't get access to dinners and yeah. weekend meetings and spending multiple hours with it. We don't get that. Ryan Poles and his staff do. So they've got to do their homework. But in terms of putting the tape on... Oh, doctor, stop now. Yes. Now, maybe, again, maybe the analysis is, no, you know what? We think that Drake May will be better for the Bears. That's fine, too. I told you. you I I loved what I saw from Drake May more times than not in games that I saw. I came in and told you on a Monday morning, like, that guy's pretty good. He's going to be good, too. Pretty good, kid. Caleb might be be the best of the best out of this class, but Drake May's good, too. You did? Or the other option is... The option is going, running it back with Justin Fields, another offensive coordinator. But my bottom line will always be they just have to get it right. It has to be better than this. 
what we've seen. Those numbers that you cited in that first hour about the ineptitude of the offense, uh uh-uh. You can't get to the playoffs that way. And that's the name of the game, just to get in the dance and then find out how well you could dance. You cannot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? In the year that many expected to be a down year for the NFC North, remember the Lions had the highest win total at 9.5. People did not think that this was going to be a good division. In fact, a lot of people thought the Lions would win that many because the North was bad. Instead, you've got two teams from the NFC North playing in the divisional round. It's the only division in football with multiple teams in the final eight, and neither are the Chicago Bears. The Lions, of course, we expected to win the division, but the Packers, with the youngest team in football and a first-year starter at quarterback, went down to Dallas and won. Shot or no shot, the Packers once again have the brightest future in the NFC North. That's a shot. That's a shot. And it's revolting to say, but that is a shot. That kid is a stud. And they've got the youngest roster in the National Football League, and they've got the Jets pick plus their own pick this year? Oh, stop. I think the Jets is a second rounder Mm -hmm. because Aaron got hurt. Otherwise, it would have been a first. So, is it the Packers have the brightest present or future? Future. For you. Future. Okay. Doesn't mean we can't beat them, but in terms of today, we don't know if Caleb Williams is our quarterback or Justin or Tyson Bajan or whoever it is. We don't know. Because for me, it starts with the Lions. It starts there. They're really good. Because that's not going to be, at least from the way I look at it, it won't be just a one-off for them. This is something where I see them in the playoffs on a perennial basis. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. Packers being able to get this done with Jordan Love, who's on ice all this time in that system, and that defense was stellar. Now there's the Bears. I think the Bears have a bright future, but it just hasn't come to fruition yet. Correct. So, yeah, the, the Packers, more of the near future than the Bears, I think, until the Bears get this quarterback and this offense right. Correct. So, so Shay, yeah, I would say that that's a shot. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And by the way, any, any, uh, let's get the uh, news from home. About the Detroit's victory. Anything from Mr. Norley? He's going with his dad. He's going next week either to the game or they're going to go to a bar. Yeah. But he's going home to Detroit. He, he did call me right after the game, and he was a bit emotional. He was crying. Uh, I saw I was like he was a bit emotional. You can understand, He right? couldn't believe that it happened. I was happy for him. Shay, you know, more times than not, Lions would lose that game. But not, <laughs> this, but, but not yesterday. <laughs> I'm not even a fan. I felt like I was getting PTSD. Stafford gets the ball three times in the fourth quarter with a chance to go down and win, and I'm like, there's no way the Lions win in this spot. Somehow they just survive. It was like, Hoodie, Detroit fans, good for them because they've never seen the Lions win that game, ever. Do you feel any guilt at all, Shay? No. For jumping off the bandwagon and becoming a fake Patriots fan and now going no, back would to I Detroit. Feel, the only thing that I feel is happy for my friends. And so the text messages had to be just amazing yesterday. Yeah, all I feel is happy for my friends and for my family. Yeah. That are Lions fans. I'm like thrilled for them. Correct, but you're still a Patriots fan? Well, yeah, you, you, what are you talking about? You called him a fake Patriots fan. He actually is a real Patriots fan. And I've adopted the Bears. The Bears are my NFC North team. He's from Detroit. Show some loyalty to you, where you <laughs> No, that's, I mean, you can fan how he wants to fan. Eminem's at the game. Yeah. Good for Eminem. 
You happy sh- for him. You should have stayed loyal. That would make it that much sweeter. No. I didn't jump off the Cubs bandwagon when they vomited all over themselves for 108 years. You know what? Yeah, made sh- it that much sweeter. Shake you it. were only alive for 55 of them. <laughs> Shake it, man. Now he wants to fan. Good one. You know, he's, a, he's a Patriots fan, and he's adopted the Bears. Only because this is the home of the Bears, the ESPN 1000. You wouldn't feel that way if they were still on BBM. I'm just telling you. That's correct. Uh, that's <laughs> a, if Gleason was still presiding over them, that would not be correct. <laughs> on the home of the Bears. Don't do that. I'm Ron Gleason. Along the White with Sox were on LS. He'd have a tiger yeah, hat on. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Along with all Jim right. Schwanz and, and Jay Hilgenberg, Ron Gleason back at Hellas Hall. Now, yeah, so that's. Yeah, if, they, if he would be adopting them if they were still down there. All right, here's Shea. Today <laughs> is the deadline to declare for the NFL draft for college players, which Caleb Williams has not yet done. Brother. This did prompt over the weekend a bunch of rumors, including a very viral fake tweet, that Caleb could pull an Eli Manning and force his way to a certain destination. If he has no interest in playing in Chicago, he could also avoid the draft entirely, thank you to NIL money. So shot or no shot, as a Bears fan, it's a concern. Caleb hasn't declared for the draft yet. That's a no shot. Correct. That's that'll, that'll be no all. Shot. That'll be all for him at USC. That is correct. He'll announce today. Today's the deadline. He will announce today. It may happen during our show. And it should be an entertaining way. What I'd like for him to do is sit behind a table and have four hats out there. NFL team. <laughs> And I like for him to shuffle the hats around. Like he's a recruit. <laughs> That's right. Put a bear hat on. Ah, get that out of here. Cardinal, put that on. Washington. Washington. New England. And he puts on a New England hat. Yeah. This is where I'm going, baby. I'm going to it. You can't do that. <laughs> you don't have a say. <laughs> That's what I want, Shay. I want the shuffling hats there with a, with a, on a nice table next to his mom. Who was the player that picked Alabama over LSU and his mom was sitting next to him and his mom's like furious? Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's like, I don't think that this is what's best for him. While he's committing to Alabama, that would be like Caleb picks up the Bears hat and Caleb's mom. We wanted him to be a commander. I just don't think that this is what's best for him. She walks off. That's exactly what she did. Yeah, who was that Can kid? you imagine this city? They'd be furious <laughs> that one you're Caleb's mentioning, mother. Who was the kid? Yeah, I remember the mom walking off. She he had picks enough. what, Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't like that. And also, there's always that worry where mom has Landon the... Landon Collins. Yeah. That, no. There's always the worry that mom has, the, has a jacket on and she has the team underneath. And, and there's always a worry that the kid does not pick the right school. Like, she might wear an LSU, like, sweatshirt underneath, and the kid's about to take Alabama. Whoa, oh, whoa, are you sure? Okay, great. It was Jacob Copeland. Mom got up and walked out of his press conference when he committed to Florida over Alabama and Tennessee. No, no. Landon Collins, when he committed to Alabama on national television, it was after the uh, All-American game or something. Like, he was on national television, and I think Reese Davis is interviewing him. Who are you going to commit to? And he goes, Bama. And then his mom's sitting next to him, and he goes, Mom, how do you feel about this? And she goes right into the microphone. This was the wrong choice for his future. Wow. There's a lot of examples of that. It's like, what? (laughs) All right, Shay. All right, so I just, if Caleb Williams were in a world to not declare for the NFL draft, since we have about eight hours left to live in that fairyland. If he doesn't declare for the NFL draft, shot or no shot, the Bears need to trade the pick and keep Justin Fields. 
At this point, no. He, they need to do their homework on all the quarterbacks. And if they don't believe one of them is an upgrade, then trade the pick. But if they believe one of them is an up clear upgrade, we're better if we have that guy. Then take that guy. But it's going to be Caleb Williams. He's not going back to school. He didn't even play in the bowl game. Yeah, so that's, so that's a no shot. Yeah. Shay? All right, over the weekend also, I want to just bring this up. The Bulls game, they had the Ring of Honor celebration. And pregame, they put Jerry Krause up on the video board. Fans booed, not knowing the next thing on the video board was going to be Jerry Krause's wife, Thelma. And Thelma Krause was seen on the screen in tears at the fans booing her late husband. Shot or no shot, it was a mistake by the Bulls to put him on the screen at all. That's a no shot. That's a no shot, and here's why. I mean, this is a ring of honor. I I told you from the beginning, guys, that this was just a bad idea anyway. Ill-conceived by uh, Michael Reinsdorf. Because you knew that something like this could happen with some Bulls fans. I disagree with some of the the sentiment out there that, well, this is because of the last dance. This This is all blamed on Michael Jordan. I just think that's just complete nonsense. The reason why that he was booed by some Bulls fans is because some Bulls fans remember that it was about the player more so than Kraus. Kraus was supposed to be the evil general manager in some people's minds. I didn't feel that way because the whole organization was able to win six championships out of eight years. Delma Kraus should have been on the screen. Jerry Kraus should have been on the screen. I mean, it's just, it just part of the story, right? The, 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 the players were the good guys, and many fans recoiled at ownership and the general manager, whether that was right or wrong. I think it's wrong because they all won together. But Kraus will always be the villain around here, even in death. Now, it's classless because the guy is gone. He's gone. But Thelma Kraus is there, and she's crying because it's like, you guys still feel that way? You just couldn't either sit silently or just be able to have a respectful applause? No. Some Bulls fans never forget. And to me, I just think that was classless. What's the point of that? Booing Jerry Krause's pitcher? He's not around anymore for you to to boo. And then Delma Krause is going through it. That's tough. So, no, Cap, I told you it was ill-conceived from the beginning. I told you it should have been Jordan's Ring of Honor. I said Jordan should have added, I don't care if it was in the summer, the Ring of Honor should start with him whenever he's available and then move on from there. I agree with you on that part of it. I disagree with you. The Bulls should have known that he was going to get booed because every single time his name has been mentioned out loud there, whether it was his banner going up or honoring one of the championship teams before he passed, he gets booed. Had I been the host of that event, and this is not a shot at Neil Funk, he just did what they asked him to do. But had I been the one putting that together, I walk out there and say, okay, we'd like to welcome 13 members of the inaugural Ring of Honor, as well as the 1995, 96, 72, and 10 team. We start with whoever, Johnny Redcar. Next, you're seeing on your screen Thelma Krause, the widow of former Bulls general manager Jerry Krause. Please give a warm welcome to Thelma as Jerry goes into our ring of honor. And those jackaloons at 300 level would have booed her and him. Without even his picture, just the idea of Krause's name being mentioned, there would have been a boo, Cap. There would have been a couple idiots, but there would not have been the type of boos that they subjected to. Just the idea of Jerry Krause's name being mentioned in that building, they would have booed. I'm just telling you, they would have. But not like that. How do you know? 
We will never know. We will never know. But I thought the Bulls should have been smarter than that. Every single time that guy has his picture shown, idiots boo. Because he was a Hall of Fame general manager. That team's not there without his work. I agree. Was he the nicest guy in the world? He was not. I had more than my share of run-ins with him. We cleared the air before he died, and I was very glad that we did. Hey, you know, he was nice to me. He knew my mama had big hands. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was his big thing. I remember he came to one of my high school events I was putting on, and he said, I really like the Seti Curry kit. I'm like, Jerry's big. He's like, have you seen his mama? Big hands, big feet. He's going to be huge. (laughs) Okay. Now what? He said it out loud in front of a microphone. He did. His mama, uh, his mama's got big hands. Uh, she's uh, got big feet. <laughs> I love him. I think he's great. What? Don't talk about his mother like that. That's the quiet analysis. Right. Oh my God, Jerry. But rest in peace. Mama. I thought what happened on Friday night was reprehensible. But Cap? the Bulls should have been smarter than that. And the other part you said about Jordan said that to you on Friday as well. Michael, it's Jerry. Yeah. Whether they have a bad relationship or not, I'm getting on my jet. I'm flying to you. I need a little bit of time. Can I talk to you? Fine. Michael's not going to tell him not to come. Right. Where are you? I'm playing in a golf tournament wherever. Yeah. I'll be there. Get on my jet. Fly there. Get a car service. Get to his house. Michael, I want to let bygones be bygones. Did I make mistakes? We all did. Life's too short. I'm 87 years of age. I want this to be right. Guess what? I would like to have a ring of honor, and no ring of honor starts before you go in. What is the date you can make work? And if it's 24-25, if it's 25-26, if it's that night, you tell me we will build everything around you. That's right. In addition, I would like to have you... Come in as a minority owner, whatever it is, you can buy in at whatever level. It's going to be worth billions of dollars. You are the reason all of this, this stadium, everything is here. Let's clear the air and let's let you become part of us. It's just a bad job by the Bulls all around. I wouldn't have had Neil be the the guy introducing him either. Neil's been out of the spotlight for a while. That would have been Adam Amin. Adam Amin would have done that. I thought you wanted Garfield. No, I don't think Neil should have been doing that either. Mm-mm. I just think it was just a bad, like, I understand the concept, mm-hmm. but just it, poor in execution again. It could have been a black screen up there, Shay. Black screen up there at the, on the scoreboard. Just the idea of Jerry Krause's name being mentioned in that building. Oh, my God, not that guy. Why not? Why not? Correct. For, for, for young Bulls fans, they didn't understand everything behind the scenes with Jerry Krause. You and I lived it. Yep. We lived it. I mean, imagine Jerry Krause just taking a call and cap. Got a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to make an announcement here. All right, we'll do, set up a recording here. I don't care if Phil Jackson goes, was it 82-0? He's not coming back here. That's correct. Telling you that. This is when it was wide open. No speculation, no spo- social media. I'm telling you he's not coming back. I started the interview and said, Jerry, great day for the Bulls. I was sitting at my little console in the sports office at WJ. <laughs> We can tape it right now. Okay. Coming down at 3, 2, 1. Bulls Executive VP, General Manager Jerry Krause joins us here on WGN Radio. Jerry, a great day for the franchise. You announced a contract for Phil Jackson. Yes, we signed him to a one-year deal. I said, is there any chance that gets extended? 
I don't care if he goes 82 and 0. This will be his last season as the Bulls coach. What? I mean, up front. As up front as they come. This is why there was booze. Because some remember that and some watch the last dance and it's like, oh, he was like that. Okay, well, he wasn't Michael, so we boo him. It's just unfortunate. Correct. Around the NFL, here we go. Nick Bowles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Going around the NFL on the Kappa J Hood Morning Show. Don't forget to subscribe and download our podcast. Go to ESPN Chicago. Go to that app. Download that way. You get everyone's podcast, everyone's uh, interviews, special features. It's all there on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Shay Norling. Shay, I have some overreactions from what we saw the last couple days. A beautiful football weekend. Uh, just incredible. Even the blowouts were entertaining. All right. Some big picture, some micro. I want to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh I believe now, firmly, the Dallas Cowboys losing in the playoffs is the biggest sure thing in sports. Hoodie, it's like when you go to the bar and you start talking up a girl when you're in your 20s. And you just know, like two minutes into the conversation, I'm getting laid tonight. That's the Cowboys in the playoffs. Holy The Cowboys losing in the playoffs is a sure thing at the bar. My God. You can take it to the bank. My God, Jay Moore. Let freedom ring. But I love sex. Um, So, yeah, I would say that is the case, Cap. I mean, I I told you, I mean... It's Murphy's Law. You just know it. Like, as, as talented as the Cowboys are, and they are from top to bottom, you just know that there's going to be the shoe dropping. You just know that there's going to be underachievement. And I don't know why. It just happens, though. Mike McCarthy's going to lose his job here because the Cowboys can't get out of their own way. You're at home, man. You've had all the momentum. And then you lose like that? An absolute collapse. You can never put any money on that team in the playoffs. Regular season, sure. Playoffs, you just know it's going to happen. And it's it's a combination of McCarthy and Prescott. I think we've seen the ceiling with, with Dak Prescott. I think we know what that is, Cap. That's never going to get any better in the big moments. When the lights shine brightest in Dallas, that's when they fade away. Shay. All right, the Chiefs, this is a more micro overreaction. They may have won on Saturday night against Miami. But that's just delaying the inevitable. They are not good enough. Hoodie, how many times in the red zone do they have to settle for field goals? I can't take them seriously. If they can't score touchdowns, and yes, Rasheed Rice was fantastic. He's been fantastic at times throughout this season. He is the only reliable weapon that they have. Travis Kelsey has become a drop machine. He's lost a step. Even with the week off to rest, he still came out looking slow. Rasheed Rice is the only reliable pass catcher, and they can't score touchdowns. Yeah, Shea was on Twitter, obviously a few bottles of wine in, or a gummy. Wait a minute. Saying, Travis Kelsey, blah, blah, he's dogging him. Shea, it was 30 freaking below, man. What about those? It's not about one game, though. He's had the worst season of his career. And why do you think that is, Cap? Women weaken legs. Mm -hmm. Can't check it off. How cool was that jacket she was wearing? That's fine, but I mean, you can see where the problem is. Whatever. What do you mean, whatever? He still had a solid year. If he plays the last game, he gets 16 yards, he's had another 
1,000-yard season. It's not like those things grow on trees around here. I understand that, Cap, but, I mean, you know he's better than that, all those drops. I mean, that's really – the Chiefs are third in the league in drops. Patrick Mahomes is the best that we have in the National Football League, and he's putting it on the dime. It's not like – field sometimes overshooting DJ Moore on the sideline. That is correct. Or, or Darnell Moody. He's putting it in on the numbers. Oops. Shake it off. Shake it off. Horrible. And and so I would agree with uh, Shea. Rice is the most dependable guy they have on that football team and he still found a way to win. The Dolphins though that's the thing Shea. Like I try to give them the benefit of the doubt early. I don't know what that looks like next year. I like their weapons. It just doesn't It doesn't execute. I know what it looks like next to this. The big picture reaction from that game is on the Miami side. Look, the defense, it is what it is. You were down something like six starters. I, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. The offensive side of the football, Tua cost himself $300 million on Saturday. They are now going to play him on the 50-year option next season, and then we'll see what happens moving forward. He's not getting extended. That was a terrible performance from Tua. It was bad. Holding the ball for too long. He was unable to complete passes. He's overthrowing Tyree Kill. The touchdown, the lone touchdown, was a horrible underthrow. I don't know how much the wind had to do with it, but Tyreek's working back to the football. If that's any other receiver, it's an incomplete pass or an interception. I hope McDaniel understood that no matter the wind, the wind conditions or how cold it was, the Chiefs were going to run their offense. The, the feeling was, oh, the Chiefs are just going to load up and just run the football all day. Wait a minute. That's still Patrick Mahomes. They were going to throw it. Agreed. Despite some of the drops, they're still going to run what they ran. The, whole, the, the conventional wisdom from the experts up here before the game was like, look for the Chiefs to load up the run. They can't throw it in these conditions. They can't? Why not? They did just fine. Thank and you. Andy Reid said, you all thought we weren't going to be able to throw the ball, huh? Loved it. That's silly. I love the frozen mustache from Andy Reid, by the way. That was cool. Holy cow. That shows you how cold it was. And by the way, the one touchdown that <laughs> Miami did get, that was a hell of a play by Tyreek Hill. Breaking yeah. tackles. Getting right. the end zone. I just said that, was a, that throw was so yeah. underthrown, too. Yep. And the wind may have played a part in it. Being it was fine. That way. He got it there. I'm not going to begrudge him, but that, the was receiver bad, was amazing. It was a bad throw. Tyreek Hill's incredible. Yeah. I continue to say I think he's the best I've ever watched. He's unbelievable. He is. We didn't see that kind of speed back in the day, Cap. We no. saw speed. Not like we, that. Not, not like that. That's a different kind of speed. Yeah, next level. In that weather, too, to be moving like that? I mean. He's incredible. That's just, that's just otherworldly. We, I mean. Cap, we saw like Jerry Rice and like Willie Galt and guys Willie like Galt that. was like a Olympic level sprinter back then. Remember, everyone yeah. went, "Wow, that guy's ma-. not even close." I mean, jeez, he's still in the starting gate. Tim next Brown, to this guy, Jay Moore, Tim Brown, another Tim one. Brown was fast. Tim Brown was fast, but not like this, man. This is amazing. All right, Shay, can you squeeze in another? I sure can. Jared Goff last night yeah. on second down and nine. Dan Campbell put the faith in his quarterback to throw the football to Amon Ross St. Brown for a first down that sealed the game. That hoodie was a $300 million pass. Yes. Congratulations, Jared Goff. You are the Lions quarterback for the foreseeable future. I can't come up with another term for this, Cap. You know what the Lions are? They're just balls. Whether it works or not, it's testicular fortitude. 
It, it is. is. I, like some moves that, and Dan Campbell will put it on himself, like some of the choices that he's made as a head coach, trying to go for it. But everything comes with a ruthless aggression from him. Not surprising, right? But whether win, whether they win or lose, everything is just, you know, I just put my card out. But you know what? I'm not waiting. I'm putting all my chips in the middle of the table. We just started the game. I don't care. Everything's in the middle of the table. Let's go. Let's see your hand now. That's what it is. Right. It, it's very, because a lot of coaches are very methodical and just like more cerebral. Like, okay, let's take a look at these scenarios and what do we do in this? He doesn't care. Remember the movie Rounders? Yeah, of course. At the end, the first hand, he gets dealt pocket kings. Yeah. I'm all in. Wait a minute. He said, you got to have aces to beat me. Uh, I'm I'm betting I'm good enough. Uh, I'll lay down. <laughs> yeah. Take, take the pot. Yeah, because you're looking in that guy's eyes, and it's like, you know what? He's not bluffing. He he actually has the hand ready. You sure you don't want to pick up? A, no, I don't need another card. I'm good. Let's go now. Here you go. All in. Let's All go. In. And yep. that and that's what Dan Campbell does. And I love Sean McVay. Think he's awesome. Would you have kicked the field goal down there at the end? I would no. have gone for it. Nope. I also wouldn't have punted. He's. It, Sean McVay's a fantastic coach. He is one of the most conservative tail tuckers in playoff games. <laughs> Punting was insane. Yep. I didn't understand that. With one timeout left. It's not yeah. like you had full rack of timeouts. That's a horrible decision. And again, one timeout left. You're down 24-20 in the red zone. Eight yards to go. What are you kicking a field goal for? That was so exciting. That was a great way to turn the TV off when the game's over and go to bed with that feeling of... The storyline being, you love this as a broadcaster, right? Matt Stafford can never win a playoff game in Detroit. He goes back to the belly of the beast to try to knock the Lions out of his old team. And guess what? The Lions were just that much better to be able to win. What a great storyline, right? Imagine if the Rams would have won, knocking out his team, doing some, his old team, something that he couldn't do in a Lions uniform. What a great story. Amazing. And the Lions end up winning that game. That's amazing. We've got to play that Dan Campbell locker room speech after the game. we got to get that in today. All right. It's amazing. We have uh, more of your phone calls. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. 312-332-3776 our phone number as we talk to you about Wild Card Weekend and the Bears. Still to come, some thoughts from Chris Canty regarding the quarterback situation for the Bears. All part of the mix on the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show.